Hello friends, it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable and I know in the busy, busy, busy world that we live in today uh, that it's hard to carve out time uh, for our spiritual life, our devotional life. But we do pray that you will take that time today. It will be time well spent because it will allow for God's Word to be invested in you. Hallelujah. I know the Holy Spirit is ready to do that today. I'm going to bring the Word of God in just a few moments. He's going to take the Word of God should you stay tuned and open your heart. He's going to take that Word and He's going to place it within your spirit first, not just your mind. Your mind is the gateway to your spirit. Hallelujah. So we just want uh, we just want you to stay tuned and be blessed today. And if you're not a Christian today, do not eliminate yourself from this Bible study. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ that we are preaching. That's why the name of our broadcast has nothing to do with our denominational affiliation. Actually, we're not affiliated with the denomination, but a fellowship of independent ministries worldwide known as the Independent Assemblies of God International. Hallelujah. Where I have been a, a, a pastor of a, a church affiliate uh, since 1974 in good standing. We're we're working on our 42nd year of pastoral ministry, praise God. And God has brought us through every every test, temptation, every barrier, every problem, every pressure, every circumstance. He is so very faithful today. So I am a trophy of His grace uh, as I stand and minister the Word of God Sunday after Sunday and, and all in between every opportunity given, and we're just so glad to be part of the broadcast family. There are other fine ministers and ministries that broadcast right here on WMAF, Bible teaching, Bible preaching, uh, and that's what um, is so important to your spiritual health and spiritual growth today, is that you're hearing the unadulterated Word of the living God. God has preserved His book, the Bible, so that we could have a source of truth in this ever changing world that we live in today. Well, having said that, if you have your Bibles, I would like you to open them to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah in the Old Covenant chapter 53. We're going to be talking in just a moment about the wonderful wounds of Christ. It sounds like a paradox, and it is. The wonderful wounds, the wonderful wounds of Christ, and yet because of what those wounds accomplished in our behalf, they have become as as horrible as they were. They have become wonderful to us who believe on Christ as our Savior. And I believe if you stay tuned, you will see why that something so horrible can become something so beautiful because of the love that held Him to that cross. Isaiah 53 has been called the gospel in the Old 
Testament, the gospel in the Old Covenant by many Bible scholars, and rightfully so, because of all that is encompassed. And we're not going to read the entire chapter, but the portion of it that specifically emphasizes a death that was unknown to the Jewish culture at the time of the writing of the book of Isaiah, and that was the horrible, horrifying death of the cross, the most cruel instrument of torture that man has ever devised. And yet, the songs of faith that, that talk about the, the beauty of the love that was expressed in that terrible sacrifice at Calvary is, is such an honor today to that cross. Oh, friend of mine, the, the preaching of the cross, the Bible said in the new covenant is, is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us who are saved, it takes on a, a different, a brand new and different uh, uh, tone. <laughs> to us who are saved, it is the power of God. Hallelujah. We realize that we are saved because of what happened on that cross and the person who hung on that cross and the God who loved enough to give His only begotten, that we might have eternal life. Don't miss this broadcast today. And just before we begin this this series of teachings, I would like to invite you to come to our website. If you would just type in T-H-C-O-G. That stands for The Holy Church of God, right here in Tampa, Florida. I believe you can type in Pastor Robert, V-E-N-A-B-L-E, Venable. Pastor Robert, V-E-N-A-B-L-E, and that will also bring you to our website. So just Google it and come and visit with us. Everything is free. There are no strings attached, and we would love to to have you come and just be blessed by the materials that are there for your benefit and your edification and your information. Amen. All right, if you've turned to Isaiah Chapter 53, on the subject, the wonderful wounds of Christ. I want to make some opening statements. Number one, Jesus didn't just die for us. It wasn't a neat, clean, quick, sanitized death. It was a horrible, horrifying death. He didn't just die for us, friends. He suffered and died for us. In torment, it took him six hours to die on that cross. He took our place. He took our punishment. He became our substitute, our sacrifice lamb. Every time we celebrate Holy Communion, we are vividly reminded that the blood represents, uh, a, the bread represents a body broken and the cup represents His shed blood poured out for us. Our Savior, friends, was tortured to death The cross is both hideous and beautiful, his wounds horrible, and yet somehow wonderful. In Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 5, we read about the wonderful wounds of Christ. It says, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. But surely he hath borne our griefs, he hath carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Someone has said, I asked Jesus how much he loved me, and he said this much, and he stretched forth his arms and died for me. C.S. Lewis wrote, when Christ died, he did not die for societies or states, not for the impersonal masses of humanity, not even for men and women, but for each man and each woman. He continued to say, if we alone were the only created being, he would have done no less. In verse 5, Isaiah uses a series of emphatic personal pronouns in the plural. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Keel made this statement. There were no stronger expressions to be found in the language to denote a violent and painful death. You see, friend, the wonderful wounds of Jesus Christ reveal God's great love for us. Christ's suffering death on the cross reveals in the strongest terms just how much God loves us. There's a song that says it wasn't the nails. And indeed it wasn't. It wasn't the nails. See, we see Christ as a victim of, of, of Rome's authority and the politics of Rome or, or the, the hatred of the, the priest and high priest in that day who did not understand who he was. Because if they had, the Bible said they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Amen. Listen to me very carefully. Not just them, but if the powers and principles principalities that we wrestle against knew God's salvation plan, those who wanted him dead, those demon forces that wanted him killed, and the devil himself would have been the chief defenders of Christ to keep him from going to that cross. Our friend, it wasn't nails that held him to that cross. And if it wasn't nails, and we know it wasn't nails, because when Peter drew his sword to defend Jesus, Jesus said, put it up, Peter, put up your sword. I could call all of the armies of heaven to defend me if I wanted to be defended. Put up your sword. You see, it was, it was, this is the, the mission that he came to accomplish. This is what he came to achieve. The cross was his destiny from the day that he was born. Oh no, he wasn't a victim of Rome. He wasn't a victim of the Sanhedrin and its its judgments. He wasn't a victim of the priest and high priest nor the people that cried crucify him. What put him on the cross was my sin and yours. What held him on the cross was his love for you and his love for me in spite of our sins. And in fact, because of our sins, amen, God has sent a substitute. 
a sacrifice lamb, and he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Ah, friend of mine, what great love that we have received from God the Father and God the Son. It was love for us that held Jesus to the cross because he could have come off of it. They chided him while he was on the cross. If you're the Son of God, one of the men crucified on the right hand said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, come down and save us and save yourself. And someone has said he was only worried about his skin, saving his skin. But the thief on the other side wanted to be saved from his sin. And he said, leave him alone. This man has done no wrong. We are getting just punishment for our crimes. And then he turned to Christ and he said, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. (laughs) And Jesus turned to him and said, today you will be with me. In paradise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ah, friend, the the wounds of Jesus that is so horrible, the death of Jesus that is so terrible, is an expression of a love so beautiful and a love so wonderful that the gospel of Jesus Christ is separated from every every um, way of salvation pretend, presented by all the world religions. Because there is no God as compassionate, as good, as loving, as the God that we serve. Listen to Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. It said, For when we were without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I like the Amplified. It says, while we were yet in our weakness, powerless to help ourselves. At the fitting time, Christ died for and in behalf of the ungodly. Now, it's an extraordinary thing for one to give his life even for an upright man, though perhaps For a noble and lovable and generous benefactor, someone might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves His own love for us by the fact that while we were yet sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, died for us. Ah, friend, what a portrait of the true meaning of grace. The Holy Messiah, God incarnate, God in flesh. Dying for sinful men and women. Talk about unmerited favor. Grace or God's riches at Christ's expense. Why did He do it? To demonstrate the power of His love for us. When we had no strength, no merit, nothing but offenses to God, He loved us enough to punish His Son in our place. So if we repent and trust in His Son as our Savior, that we can be saved. Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5 states this very clearly. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Hallelujah. The gospel 
the good news of God's love for fallen man is still changing lives here in the 21st century. Listen to a testimony from a, a, a star child and one of these these kind of, of hippie, uh, with it people uh, a, a few years back. It says, after years, in this personal testimony of Kathleen, I won't say the last name, after years in radical feminism, Wicca, Hare Krishna, leftist politics and affairs with married professors, I bought into New Ageism and then finally began following an Indian guru and converted to Hinduism. I wore a sari and put a red bindi spot on my head, uh, chanted in Sanskrit, and lived in an ashram. I nearly killed myself thinking that I was a star child with infinite human potential and the power to create my own reality. <laughs> and then in big block letters she writes, What a crock! <laughs> the greatest day of my life came. She says, when I discovered that I, like everyone else, was a hopeless sinner, unable to do the simplest things to save myself. God loved me just as I was, and Jesus was the prescription. Jesus was the cure. I asked Him into my life, <laughs> and my life has never been the same, and I ask you to do the same Kathleen, <laughs> amen. Another Kathleen uh, writes in this testimony, and she writes uh, that, that she was in prison on drugs, and a woman who never knew love, who loathed herself and wanted to die, writes, on September 23rd, 1999, I was arrested again. Once again in the system, just like all the other times, so I thought, little did I know, this was a divine appointment. I was here for such a time as this. The last thing I ever imagined was an encounter with the author of Love Himself. On November 16, 1999, God spoke to me through a young lady who came to minister us uh, in a, a jail ministry. She took my face in her hands and looked me in my eyes and said five words to me. She said, Jesus loves you so much. At that moment, I don't know why, but I believed what I had just heard. I believed in the love of Jesus Christ. Then she placed her hands on my head and prayed for me. Then she gently whispered in my ear, and this is another Kathleen. <laughs> Kathleen, you are delivered. And at that moment, the empty feeling in the middle of my chest was suddenly filled with the love of God. God had given me a new heart full of love for Him. I haven't been the same since that moment. After reading the book of Hosea, the love that God had for me became real. I'm being transformed day by day. It does not matter that I'm still here in prison because I am free. Praise God. I love to read the testimonies of those who have been confronted by this kind of love, this kind of sacrificial love, this preaching of the cross is to them that perish, who have rejected it and, and counted it as foolishness. But unto everyone who is saved, the message 
of Christ dying for us in our place on the cross is the power of God. Hallelujah. The wonderful wounds of Jesus Christ, friend, give us worth and value, not because of who we are or what we've done or accomplished, but because of the price that was paid to set us free. I love 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 through 20. It says, For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from the vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. One translation said he paid your ransom with Christ's sacred blood. You see, friend, the price paid for you at the cross gives you value and determines your worth. Most of us are not, uh, uh, are not like the egotist of whom it is said, I'd like to buy him for what he thinks he's worth and sell him for what he, or buy him for what he's worth rather and sell him for what he thinks he's worth. Most of us struggle with a negative self-image at the cross, looking up at that grotesque figure hanging there in agony. Paying your ransom means you are worth more than the universe. You're worth more than all the planets, all the gold, all of the silver, all of the kingdoms of this world. That's how much God values you. That's how much He values me. That's how far He was willing to go to save you and to save me. Our friend of mine, there is no gospel, no faith, no, no world religion that has a God that loves like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the Christ who stayed on the cross. It wasn't the nails that held him on that cross, friend. It was nothing less than his great love for you and for me that held him there. He was not a victim of Caesar's Rome. He was not taken there. Uh, against his will. Oh, in the garden he made it clear if there's any other way to save mankind, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. He surrendered his will to not experience this horrible death and this temporary separation from the Father. In terms of, of the comfort that could be granted, he was offered. He was offered vinegar and gall. He was offered a sponge that he could suck some kind of, of, of uh, uh, something that would help a little bit to, to assuage the pain. Uh, but he would not take it. He took every bit of the wrath of God upon himself so that we could be saved. So that we could be set free so that God could forgive our sins and bring us into his royal family and love us and seal us for eternity. Praise God. Hallelujah. First Corinthians six nineteen and 20. Listen, it said, what? Know ye not 
that you, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you're not your own? For we are bought with a price. We are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are now God's. Hallelujah. Thayer says priced means purchased with a preciousness and paid for and made his own. I want to read that again. Purchased with a preciousness and paid for and made his own. Friend of mine, because we are loved so lavishly and valued so extremely, we should live our lives with passion for Jesus Christ. We we give thanks by living thanks. We love Him back for loving us so very, very much. The Bible said we love Him because He first loved us. And that love is commended unto us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is the core This is central to the gospel. It is not the gospel without the cross of Christ. And on that cross, the Christ that loved us enough. And and in the Bible, this God who loved us enough to give His only begotten Son, to listen to His cries of pain and anguish on the cross, and to be satisfied with His sacrificial death, That when we receive Jesus as our Savior, our sins can be remitted. Not just covered up and concealed or swept under the rug. God cannot and will not do that. He's a holy God. And because of His holiness, sin must be punished. But because of His love for you and for me, He found a way. To still be holy and to be just, and yet to justify us who have sinned. He gave His Son as a substitute, as a sacrifice in our behalf. All the Old Testament sacrificial system was based upon what Jesus was going to do and what He in fact did when He went to the cross. And He hung on that cross and stayed on that cross for six solid hours of agony and pain, refusing to come down, refusing to call the armies of heaven to deliver him, though every cell of his physical body was crying out for release, until death finally came. And he cried, It is finished. One word in the actual uh, Greek to represent it is tetelestē. Tetaleste, and it means it is accomplished or paid in full. Praise God. Thank God that the sin debt for you and for me was paid in full. His body broken, His blood poured out just for you and just for me. And that's why the horrible cross has become the beautiful symbol of the Christian faith. And that's why the cross is so hated by the world and hated by the demons of hell, because through that cross, that sacrifice on that cross, every man, woman, boy, and girl has the opportunity 
to have their sins forgiven and be granted His righteousness and eternal life today. Praise God. I am so glad to be a preacher of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. And today, in this world that is filled with bad news on every Every where you turn, every time you turn on the television or the radio or every time you read the paper or periodical, the bad news just keeps pouring in. And when we think it can't get any worse, it seems to always get worse. But today, there is good news. Ah, the old hymn writer said, I have good news to bring, and that is why I sing my joy with you. I'll share. And today, as a Christian, first, before even a minister of the gospel, as a Christian, I want to share good news with you. Today, if you are lost without God, you're a sinner, and you've tried everything, and you still haven't found what you're looking for, and you still can't get no satisfaction. Even out of sin, there's an emptiness within. Today, Christ is calling you. The cross is calling you. God is calling you to come and kneel at the foot of the cross, repent of your sin, and receive forgiveness full and free. And today, if you know Jesus, and you just go to church and the passion is gone, go back to the cross Look up to Him that died for you and see the wonderful wounds of Christ and love Him back with everything you are and everything you have. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. <laughs>